Yes, that's right. Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. Hope you're doing well. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Sorry, I still don't know how to get the stuff off local, so I get the cameras going here. Good evening, and um, you know, it's been a while since I've done this kind of stuff, but I guess uh, we're going to go back to the well once more and really talk about why I don't talk about the media. Happy, of course, to take any questions or comments of issues. Unexpected stream. Hello. Yes, that's um, like I remember when I was two, two and a half. I also had an unexpected stream back then. A little embarrassing. This one, with any luck, will be slightly less embarrassing. But yes, we are going to talk about the media. Nemesis Newman Media. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, have you guys heard this story? Just, just by chance. So the story goes a little something like this, that the mainstream media, I think Rolling Stone was one of the main issuers of this, but the mainstream media has had charged ahead with a story that you see in Oklahoma, in the rural area. So you've got redneck rube thing all set up there, right? So that in Oklahoma, in the rural areas in particular, you see, they were so overwhelmed with horse ivermectin overdoses of people desperately trying to treat their own coronavirus symptoms with horse dewormer, right? That's the official name for a drug that for many decades has been approved for human use by the FDA. But of course, it's approved for human use. It's also approved for animal use, you know, in the same way that, I don't know, antibiotics is approved for human use, also approved for animal use. Forceps approved for human use and animal use. You get, you get the general idea. Do you know how you can drink water and a horse can drink water, which doesn't mean that water should be referred to as a horse hydration mechanism, right? That's just the crazy stuff. Anyway, so the, the argument was that people had been overdosing on horse dewormer doses of ivermectin. Horses weigh, what, 1,800 pounds, so 10 times more than the average American woman. So people were so overwhelmed, the, the, the hospitals were so overwhelmed by people ODing on horse deworming ivermectin that gunshot victims had to be turned away because the ER was swamped with all of these dumb idiots taking horse deworming products in a vain attempt to fight off COVID. Did they uh, make any phone calls? Did they check with anyone in particular? I think one of the doctors who'd said this hadn't worked at the place for months. Anybody checked us out at all? Well, no, no, of course not. Now, of course, where does this come from? Why did this happen this week? I'm sure you all know the answer to that as well as I do. Now, troublemaker. Mr. Toe Rogan. That's right. Joe Rogan, you see, bombarded himself with what mononucleoids or whatever they call monocloids. And he also took ivermectin and now, a couple of days after he got COVID-19, he's tested negative for it, right? So they have a big problem in that the world's most popular and famous and, I dare say, wealthy podcaster openly broadcasted that he 
he's my age, right? He's 54. So he openly broadcasted that he had gotten COVID in a bad case, right? He put, put, him, put him in a separate bedroom. He had fevers, aches, headaches, you name it. Bombarded himself. He said, I threw everything and the kitchen sink at it and got better in a couple days. Not just got better, but tested negative for COVID. Now, what does this mean? Don't know. <laughs> no idea. I'm not a doctor, but it's interesting. So Joe Rogan, who gets like an 11 million viewers per podcast or whatever, or on average, or maybe maximum, whatever. There's a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of people although he refers to himself as a moron, and I try not to argue with people's self-assessments. A lot of people take him quite seriously, and he's an intelligent fellow, of course. So he had openly put out there that a guy in his 50s, mid-50s, would like, beat COVID like that, and talking about ivermectin, as I assume one of the reasons why that worked for him. So you had a big media problem that people might be going to ivermectin in order to try and treat their COVID symptoms. Now, again, I don't know whether ivermectin works or not. I do know that African countries that have used it seem to have had much lower fatalities. I do know that Indian uh, places in India which have used it has had lower fatalities. I've also heard that there have been some recommendations from the Ministry of Health in Japan to start using it. I also know that in Utah, a judge has ordered uh, ivermectin to be used on a patient or two, and although that's late in the game. Ivermectin, as far as I understand it, is something that if it does even work, you need to use it pretty early uh, on in the whole process in order to have it function in a productive way. So the problem was is that the we're all doomed, give up your freedoms, have a vaccine passport that will almost immediately turn into a social credit score to crush and quell any dissenting views from the mainstream leftist perspective, that that whole march to medical tyranny kind of got the brakes put on it by Joe Rogan, a very, again, popular and influential uh, podcaster. And so they had to nail ivermectin to a cross, right? They had to find some way to discredit it. So they, to, seems to me, largely made up this story. Now, there was a story about, I think there are about 400-odd overdoses of ivermectin in all of America, but, and, and, you know, sure, that's displaced a couple of things here and there. But there were gunshot victims that had to go to another hospital, I think. And it seems to be because of COVID patients and so on, which, which to be fair, are largely the unvaccinated patients. Because I fully accept that the science is pretty clear that the uh, vaccines do suppress symptoms and do lower the risk of hospitalization and dire outcomes. So I'm, I'm with you there. But here's the thing. So a guy in his mid-50s, age-wise in a higher or elevated risk group, right? Uh, gets COVID and shakes it off in a couple of days. Now, it can't just be obesity, wouldn't it? Chris Christie, who's very obese, also got COVID. Trump, not the slenderest, slenderest guy on the planet, also got COVID, shook it off in a couple of days. So they have a problem, right? They have a problem in that Joe Rogan says, hey, I took ivermectin and look, I'm testing negative. I'm paraphrasing him, right? But this is kind of what people got out of the equation. So if people then have a positive view of ivermectin and they're saying, wait a minute, if ivermectin is a good treatment, why would I participate in this experimental gene therapy? It's a fair question. It is, of course, also not allowed to have emergency authorization when there is treatment for the ailment. So anyway, that's kind of what's going on. Now, what is, this is why I don't really talk about this kind of stuff anymore, just, just so you know. And I'll, I'll get you some questions and comments if you want in a couple of minutes. I appreciate everyone dropping by tonight. Very nice to see you, freedomain.locals.com. Now, this is why I don't really talk about this stuff so much, because 
Hit me with a why. Hit me with a why. If you've ever had someone in your life so ridiculously dysfunctional that like anyone who dates them is just asking for crazy kinds of trouble. Just crazy kinds of trouble. Like I talked to a listener today. It's a call-in show. It'll be out next day or two. I talked to a listener today and he had a bad breakup and he was like, oh, I don't really know what happened. Were there red flags? Could have been red flags. So I started asking him about the woman and it's like, oh yeah, well, she's just a couple of months out of a really abusive five-year relationship. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty rough. That's tough to get over. How old is she? Uh, well, when she got out of the relationship, she was 21. So she got into an abusive relationship at 16. Was the guy older? Yes, he was. Oh, I didn't even ask any further. Who knows whether that's even legal, right? So the reason I find this stuff so boring, of course the media needed to find something to counter any pro-Ivermectin news, which seems to have come out of Joe Rogan. I'm not saying he endorsed Ivermectin, of course, but he's, I don't know whether he did or didn't. I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but he did say that he took it, and then he said, as far as I understand it, that he tested negative, and uh, I don't think he was vaccinated. So you have people in, the, in your life, like they're just such a mess that anyone who dates them is just asking for trouble. Or, hit me with a why, if you've ever had a friend who is so dicknapped, usually it's men, right? So dicknapped, kidnapped by your penis, right? So dicknapped that you just know it's going to be a complete disaster, the woman he's dating. And he's just like, yep, I'm going in anyway, man. <laughs> no helmet. Yeah, literally, right? No helmet for the uh, pocket priest either. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy stuff. So people who are still who are still reading the mainstream media, I mean, it, it really is like a death wish. It really is like, of course, the mainstream media is going to lie to you. Anybody who's still consuming the mainstream media after all of the unbelievably obvious hoaxes that have gone on, I mean, ever since, I mean, obviously before that too, so all the way back to the Gulf of Tonkin, supposedly starting, well, it did actually kick off Vietnam, and it was all a complete fabrication. And all the way to starting the war in Iraq, um, not reporting the truth about the first Gulf War, where Saddam Hussein had said, hey, do you mind if I go and get some stuff from Kuwait? And they're like, yeah, no problem. The American government's like, yeah, no problem. Then he does. And like, they don't do any reporting. All they do is is scare people and start wars. That's, that's their job. Scare people, start wars. That's, that's whether it's a domestic kind of civil war or some kind of international war. It's scare people, start wars. That's that's the whole thing, right? And I mean, after the whole, gosh, I mean, where, where do you even start the fine people hoax, the Russia collusion conspiracy theory hoax that went on year after year, that Trump organized the um, January 6th uh, protests, that uh, uh, everything that black people do is a protest, everything that white people do is an insurrection, uh, the fact that Trump was supposed to have told people to drink fish tank cleaner, which he never did, the fact that uh, um, uh, Trump said that uh, um, that it was insane for Trump to say that laser light could treat um, uh, illness and so on. I mean, just on and on, just, just constant. Lie, 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 lie. Lie like a rug. Or that Russia's the root of every problem in the West. That's been pounding on ever since Russia kicked off communism. So, yeah, it's, uh, sorry, Russia kicked off communism and then kicked out communism. And they loved Russia when it was communist, and now they hate Russia because it's nationalist and uh, Christian and, I dare say, pretty white. So... It's, and like anybody who's kind of involved in these things or who quotes these things, I mean, after the 
psychotic gaslighting lie fest, at least of the last five years. I mean, anybody who's still involved in this kind of stuff, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, I just, I have no idea what to say to you at this point. It's just too ridiculous of words. Now that, of course, is obvious and blinding and, oh, the media lies. Like, I, I don't know about you guys. Actually, I, you know what? I do know about you guys. Let me, let me rephrase that. I absolutely know about you guys and you, you gals, you guys and gals. I know one thing about you for sure. If, you're, if you've hung into Free Domain, since it was Free Domain Radio, if you've hung into this wild conversation for years, I know one thing about you that we share. I guarantee you. I love a philosophy, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. But I know what we really, really, really share. What we really share is we can't stand repetition. We cannot stand repetition. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You ever have one of them? Hit me with a why. If you've had a boss, usually it's a boss. Could be a friend. It tells the same damn stories over and over again. And when you try and interrupt them and say, no, you already told me this. They're like, yeah, yeah, but, and then just keep going. Right? Can you, can you stand it? Why, why, why? Yes. Why? Why, why, why? Yeah, so, um, I can't do it. Like, I, the, the listener call-in today, <laughs> that was wild, man. That's why I still do these call-ins, and there's a lot of cues for them, but I still do these call-ins because I get something new and powerful out of every one of these conversations, some of which really helps me. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mutual aid society, so to speak, but the guy today, I mean, just I just... I'll put out the call-in show, but let me tell you why you listen and why I still do this after 16 years. And, you know, we're coming up on 5,000 shows, and I've got another 500 shows that I've never even released. So I said to this guy, he was in his late 20s, I said, the fundamental question that every man has to answer is, what are women for? What are women for? I asked a friend of mine today who's a woman, and she's like, oh, it's a good question. <laughs> what are women for? And now he said, oh, love, companionship, nurturing, blah, 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 all this kind of treacly Hallmark card stuff, which, you know, sounds good in a Mother's Day card, but probably it wasn't exactly how he was living his life. And so I said, okay, that's very nice. I don't believe you at all. I'm not saying you're lying. I just, I don't believe you. I said, let me ask you this. Imagine this. Imagine a space alien is assigned to figure out in human society what women are for, and what he does, and you can ask this yourself for you listeners. Imagine if you're in your late 20s, and this is a good-looking guy, right? So imagine, sorry, I am distracted by a sneeze. <coughs> you understand that because we're in a pandemic, if we were in a movie, if I had to sneeze next day, I'm, I'm dead, right? But if a space alien had to figure out what women were for and looked at your 20s dating... Empirically, objectively, what would that space alien can conclude? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're for sex. <laughs> right? So that's a great analogy. It's a great way of cutting through the sentimentality and looking at the actual empirical facts of the situation. So that's why I sort of keep, I can't, I can't stand the repetition. Now, high IQ people can't stand repetition, which is why we have a civilization, why we develop, why we progress. Low IQ people love repetition. High IQ, high IQ people go slowly insane with repetition. Low IQ people go quickly insane with variety because they can't handle the 
the difference, the variety and all of that, right? So that's one thing I know about you guys is that you treasure a challenging variety. And it's just something, I don't know how, as I've said this before, I don't know how radio show hosts or TV show hosts or like Dr. Phil and people, like, I don't know how they just do the same show. It just feels like every time I watch it, it's like, oh, this is the same, same show every, every time. It's really, really dull. And, and, and I won't do it. I won't do it. I'd rather do nothing than the same thing over and over again. Like I can't, I can't take it. I just, it, it drives me completely insane. It's, it, I mean, there's two things that drive me insane. One, repetition and two, slow computers. Um, I set up uh, some shared drives and uh, all they do is grind windows to a halt whenever you try and access anything. Oh, it's just murderous, absolutely murderous. So, so here's the thing, right? Anybody who is still believing, like the consuming the mainstream media, still believing the mainstream media, completely addicted to lies, has no interest in the truth, is the mortal enemy of modern civilization, right? Because we have to have the commitment to the truth to have a civilization. Otherwise, we're just uh, tribal bullshit artists with big headdresses and witch doctor twitchy feet, right? But the thing that's pretty wild, and again, it's kind of boring to point out, so I apologize, but I just want to get it off my chest tonight. So here's what's pretty wild. I guarantee you I can't guarantee you empirically, but I can guarantee you logically that when these articles went out about hospitals in America being overwhelmed with ivermectin overdoses to the point where they were turning people away, I can guarantee you logically that a not insignificant number of people decided not to go to the emergency room because it was overwhelmed and they were turning away people who had gunshots to their abdomen, who were bleeding out. They couldn't take them because of the ivermectin overdoses. So people did not go to emergency because they perceived that emergency was overflowing, way too full, blah, 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 right? And I also guarantee you, though I cannot prove it, I can guarantee it logically, that some of those people who decided not to go to emergency because it was too crowded, there's no point, just going to turn you away. Some of those people got sick, really sick, and some of those people died. 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 Fucking died. Now, this is misinformation that in my view, and I think logically this follows, hit me if, tell me if I'm incorrect, if I'm reaching. I don't think I am, but let's say I'm Tom Cruising and reaching. So, this is the kind of misinformation, lies, that gets people sick verily unto death. Right, because you know, you're sitting at home, you get some bad twinge, you can't feel your left arm or something like that, twinge in your heart, and you feel heaviness on your left side, and you're like, oh, I should really go to emergency, but oh, I just read that they're turning people away, so I'll just take some Advil and go to bed, right? And then maybe you never wake up. Maybe you never wake up. So this is the kind of information 
Misinformation and lies can get people killed. Can get people killed. I think. It'd be very hard to figure that out, but logically, these are the dominoes that would fall down. You can't go to emergency because they're turning people with gunshot wounds away. Oh, well, I don't even have a gunshot wound. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'll just take an aspirin and wait it out. Right? Then you got coins on your eyes. Of course, and again, I'm sorry for, this is why I can't do this stuff anymore, because just it's too boringly repetitive. It's like saying, hey, my mom, still crazy, right? I mean, I'm dad, still dead, right? I mean, just can't do it, right? So, you know, quick question, right? Did, did any of the outlets that reported this misinformation that could very easily and probably did lead to both serious illness and death to people by telling them that medical services were unavailable to them when they in fact were available to them, or at least were available to them if they were unavailable, it wasn't anything to do with ivermectin. So when you put out a mass broadcast saying to people, the ERs are not available to you, when that's not really the case, <laughs> getting people killed, I think. Misinformation with, I believe, fatal consequences. Any of them uh, lose their social media accounts? Anyone? Anything? Did they even get suspended for tweeting false information that probably got people killed? Anything? Suspensions, warnings, lockouts, cancellations. Because social media just wants to keep people safe. And apparently the way you keep people safe is to promote outlets that tell people there's no point going to ER. I'm so glad to be on those platforms. They're just monstrous. Absolutely, completely, and totally monstrous. Andy No, she had an article that debunked the article. Yeah. The Rolling Stone article was debunked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you, Steph, for having the courage to say these truths. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Honestly, it's not a lot of courage. Um... And this is why I really don't talk about this stuff because it's so boring. It is, um, it is so boring. I remember, was it years ago? Oh gosh, was it, was it Douglas Adams or maybe it was Arthur C. Clarke? I think it was, and it was about how the dolphins had gone, right? And some reporter was like, the dolphins had vanished from the ocean. I think it was, oh yeah, so long and thanks for all the fish. This was uh, Douglas Adams, the late Douglas Adams who died quite young, quite tragically. And I remember the reporter, some reporter was saying, oh, you know, we should do an update on this. It's been a while since the dolphins went missing. And the editor-in-chief was, was something like, what are we going to do? The dolphin's still missing. What are we going to do? Nothing's changed, right? Nothing's changed. Still lying. What's that quote? The curse of women is that they lose their beauty. The curse of men is that they're expendable. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I know people have had disagreements with my podcast, but I don't think I've ever put anyone in mortal danger of not getting medical treatment, right? It's never happened, right? Do you have requirements for call-in shows, or can I just talk about life with you in general? Mm, now, the call-in show is generally something specific that you can work on that I believe would have philosophical value to the community as a whole and to the world and to the future as a whole. So, um, 
if you want to talk about life with me in general, I would think that would probably be a little bit unfocused, so. Yeah, it was, um, a journalist score extraordinarily high on sociopathy, right? Journalists, I think even higher than surgeons, if I remember rightly, they have massive substance abuse issues, massive personality disorders, personality problems, and score very high on sociopathy. And these are the people that we trust to communicate to the masses. This is the people, that, and these are the people that the masses really want to communicate with. Like, they're, they're like, yeah, tell me, yeah, you're you're probably a, a, a substance abusing, mentally ill sociopath, but please tell me how how the world works and who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Because because this is the thing, right? I mean, I'm very sensitive to error. I'm very sensitive to oops, ah, <laughs> sorry, I'm very sensitive to apparently earthquakes. I'm very sensitive. Sorry, I had to switch. I've got uh, two things going here, um, <laughs> one iPad and one, one camera. So I'm very sort of sensitive to these kinds of errors. Like I don't, I'm really careful about trying to avoid errors and, and not give you guys anything that is uh, false and all that, that kind of stuff. So that's the thing, man. I mean, reporters are you know pretty disturbed as a whole. And when you get that people are crazy and often malevolent, like, why would you have any continued interaction? Like, what's the point, right? And so I think for uh, in this way, the people who still absorb this kind of stuff and, and process this kind of stuff and, and, and ha have credibility with this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, you're not... Uh, I mean, that's not in reality. Why would you have anything to do with... Like, why would you have anything to do with these people, right? So, yeah... It's, uh, I mean, the Matrix is the media, right? That's, that's kind of the way it works. All right. So I have uh, time for, I won't have a long live stream tonight, but uh, I have time for a couple of questions. If you have any yearning burnings on your brain, I am more than happy to run it through the big chatty forehead. Uh, can we talk about my thermodynamics approach to economics? Uh... I think that may be a your show rather than my show kind of thing. Um, what did you miss? Government has your best interest at heart and journalists tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you one thing. One thing for the pandemic, man. It's put lie to the idea that mass immigration is for the benefit of the people. Because, I mean, the idea that mass immigration is still continuing in the middle of a global pandemic, it's crazy. There's this British lord who has, you know, asked a pretty obvious and basic question, which is, wait a minute, if I go to Paris for two days, I come back, I have to pay for at least two COVID tests on my own dime. But if I am a refugee or a mass migrant, I'm not even tested at all, right? So... This is, this is really taking the mask off mass immigration, right? Because if you're allowing millions of people to pour across your borders in the midst of a global pandemic, come on. Crazy. Crazy. All right. Uh, let's see here. You've said recently that to not correct people you know for fear of social inspired reprisal, a social reprisal comes from a lack of love, not of courage. How to find the Aristotelian mean for love for others? So 
<laughs> have you ever seen this? It's, it's kind of a funny little video, right? So this woman uh, creeps up behind her mother and screams, love, right at the top of her lungs. And her mom like startles and she says, mom, why are you scared of love? <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? So, I mean, the reason it's, everything sticks in your head for a reason and things stick in my head for a reason. Um, hair did not stick to my head, but things stick in my head for a reason. So, um, working on my biceps, what do you think? Anyway, so, just, you, you, you love people to find out if they're even remotely capable of handling love. Like most people, when I was a kid, we had these fuse boxes that we would use pennies. We'd jam pennies in to continue to get current when we, the fuse is blue because we lived in these crappy, fairly crappy old apartments. And most people, love just blows their fuse. Like if, you, if they're genuinely loved and somebody genuinely wants to tell the truth to them and genuinely, want, gen, genuinely wants what's best for them, most people run screaming from genuine love, from somebody who won't let you lie, who won't let you waste your life, who won't, like really standing out for what's very best in you, for, for the very best in your potential, most people run screaming for that. So you just love people relentlessly until they can't stand you or they fall in love with you back. I mean, that's what you do in life. Just love people relentlessly until they either fall back in love with you or they run away. Now, I'm not talking about strangers on a train. Do not love strangers on a train relentlessly. But, you know, people in your life, uh, you know, you've got a mother, a brother, a cousin, friends, whatever. You just like, don't accept lies. Don't let them lie to themselves. Don't let them consume bad media any more than you'd let a dog eat chocolate. Just don't do it. Relentlessly stand for the best in them. Don't let them, um, like this guy I was talking to today who had the bad breakup. He was like, oh, no, no, she's mentally ill. It's all her, not me. And I'm like, dude, you can't insult a woman you gave your heart to without damning yourself too. It's like you're both in the boat in the middle of the ocean and you're drilling a hole in the bottom of the boat saying, I'm just going to sink you. I'll be fine. It's like, no, you're in the same boat. Come on. So you just don't let people lie to themselves. And you can say it nicely. I think I say it pretty nicely with people because the reason people keep calling me, and although I know I'm going to be pretty harsh and blunt with them at times, is because they can't get that truth elsewhere because nobody else loves them enough to prevent them from being swallowed alive by the Leviathan of error. If you've got to go to hell itself, if you've got to go into the underworld, if you've got to fight off demons, allegorically and metaphorically, if you've got to brave social... You just... Do you love people? Do you love them? Now that they can dance, right? If you love people, stand up for what's best for them. Don't let them lie to themselves and don't let them poison their brains with misinformation. That's loving, right? That's loving. You wouldn't let someone you love eat something that they were allergic to, right? You wouldn't let someone that you love wander into traffic. You wouldn't let someone that you love drive drunk. You just don't let people do self-destructive things if you love them, right? It's the same thing with philosophy. You just love people. And either they will wake up from the desert of indifference that most, look, most people, oh God, this is so foundationally and fundamentally true. And if you can work this into your brainstem, you will live a much more powerful life and a, much, a life of much greater understanding of humanity. Look, most people live these godforsaken lives of unbelievable levels of indifference. People fundamentally don't give much of a shit whether they live or die, whether they're around or not, whether they speak or are silent, whether they're home or away. They just 
don't care. I remember a friend of mine's mom hadn't had a job in, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, raised one kid, kind of crippled him from the dating market because of her own paranoia of men. And going to her funeral, everybody went up and you could see them just like reaching for, okay, what the hell was the point of this woman's life other than to serve as a warning to others that smallness atomizes you into nothing. You get blown into the stratosphere, vanish into the jet stream of history like you were never here. Or as I said, this guy I was talking to tonight, his father, his stepfather was so inert. It's like, oh yeah, he's the kind of guy who, you know, there's four divots in the fucking couch and that's the only way you knew he was in, 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 the, in the carpet and that's the only way you knew he was here was he pressed the couch into the carpet for 40 years and then went into the grave. And this friend of mine's mom who died, everybody was like, uh, what do I say? And, and finally it was like, oh yeah, you know, she had, she had really good candy for, for at Halloween, you know, she'd really put thought into the, I'm like, oh my God. Oh, just shoot me, man. That's, that's so depressing. And why do people end up with these empty, useless lives? These lives of quiet desperation. Because nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about them to tell the truth. Nobody cares about them to tell them to lose weight. Nobody cares about them enough to tell them to exercise. Nobody cares about them enough to tell them to eat better. Nobody cares about them enough to tell them to pursue the truth. Nobody cares about them enough to, ply, to, to, to sort of pry that squid brain sucking alien egg laying of delusion vampiric bunch of bullshit off their face nobody cares them enough to stand between them and the lying media nobody cares about them enough to at all get engaged and involved in their lives to help them for the better and we all need that no man is an island complete enough of himself so love people love people enough to deny them their lies Love them enough to bring them the truth, to challenge them, to get them to wake up to the diminishing death curve of life, where we are like an arrow shot weakly off a cliff. A little bit up, and from your late 20s to early 30s, it's just fucking down. Help people do something with this incredible gift of life. Help people do something with this incredible, improbable amalgam of star excrement gathered together to coalesce the only square few pounds of wetware in the entire universe that has self-awareness and the capacity to conceptualize the truth. The only purpose of the universe is us because we are the only creatures that can define purpose in the universe that we know of. All of it out there hundreds of billions of stars in hundreds of billions of galaxies 14.2 billion years ago 14.2 billion years across all of it all of it comes down to a couple of pounds of wetware between your ears and mine that's the only purpose of it all the only meaning that exists in it all the only thing that makes any of it worthwhile otherwise it's just dead matter 99.8 percent hydrogen and a couple of pounds of carbon atoms fucking and fighting and eating and killing and dying over and over and over again like a hamster wheel for a couple of billion years eat fuck reproduce die that's it a stupid blind wheel of absolute nothingness that is broken by one thing and one thing only which is your glorious brain and my glorious brain a brain 
is larger than the universe because the brain can conceive of the entire universe and the entire universe can fit inside you. You are a god and I am a god relative to everything else in the known universe because we can conceptualize for 14.2 billion years. We can conceptualize how we got here. We can conceptualize the actual shape of the solar system. Do you think a bat or a butterfly gives a shit about the position of the moon? Do you think that the mollusks in the low tide pool care that the tides come from the moon? They don't have any clue. They don't care. They look at the moon like, wow, bright, shiny thing. Can I eat it? No. Can I fuck it? No. I don't care. And most people take this incandescent gift of the capacity to spread thought across the entire breadth, depth, length, and history of the universe. Eternity can fit in your mind. Infinity can fit in your mind. Your mind is bigger than everything, not only that is, but everything that ever was and everything that ever will be. We can conceptualize the five billion or so years until the sun goes out. We know that's going to happen. We can understand Pangaea. We can understand the shape of the continents from hundreds of millions of years ago. We can bring dinosaurs back to life on screen and in our minds and in our imaginations and in our museums. We can resurrect the dead. We can carve thoughts into the very fabric of the universe through speech, through text, through imprinting on others, through art, through music. We can take our thoughts, imprint them on the matter of the universe and have them last and spread through all of eternity. We can participate and partake of the infinite and the divine and the permanent and the moral. And what do most people do with this incredibly glorious gift, this incandescent godhood of manhood that we possess, which we did not earn, but we are given the greatest gift in the entire fucking universe. And what do people do with it? They sit around their fucking apartment for 40 years looking forward to Halloween so they can wrap some very cool candies for the kiddies. God almighty. It's so tragic. It's so tragic. And it all is a lack of love. It all is a lack of love. If someone you knew was about to take a brownie and you knew that brownie was laced with powerful hallucinogens that might drive them crazy. Wouldn't you knock it out of their hand? It's the same thing when someone grabs the remote and wants to turn on the mainstream media. Wouldn't you knock it out of their hand? It's much more dangerous. It's much more dangerous. Where's the love? Where's the love to stop people from pursuing addictive and self-destructive behaviors? Well, there's too much profit in lying. I learned this when I was... <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous. I learned this when I was six. I'll tell you straight up, my friends, I learned this when I was six. I'll tell you how I learned it. So I was in boarding school. Hit me with a why. If you've ever eaten tapioca pudding, 
Wire me up, babies. Yeah, everyone's had it, right? No? Yes? No. Yeah, most of you have eaten it. Okay. Right, so, let me tell you something. My friend Stephen, in boarding school, he was, uh, he was a good friend of mine. He was the only Indian boy. Everyone else was white. This is back when England was, of course, mostly white. And my friend Stephen sat down with me the first time we got tapioca pudding. Do you know what Stephen told me? And if you've ever seen tapioca pudding, you will know exactly, exactly what he meant. My friend Stephen told me, he said, Steph, I know it smells good, but I got to tell you, that's fish eggs, man. That's fish eggs. Don't do it. Like, it looks good. It smells good. Even if you lick it on the outside, but the moment you eat it, you get the stink of fish eggs coming out of, out of the stuff, man. It will make you gag. It will make you sick. You know. You know what I'm talking about here, right? You, you've, you've seen this stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Now, he offered, of course, to throw out my fish eggs. So what did he do? Everybody knows what he did, right? So what he did was he go up to the garbage and he wolfed down my dessert. And it, I, I honestly, I, I spent two years in boarding school. I never once touched tapioca pudding. Not once. Until, of course, near the end, and I saw him wolfing this down just by accident. So he told me a lie, and he got two years' worth of my puddings. My desserts. Now, this was actually not a small deal. Because there was a big food shortage. We were short of water. You, you would get your meal. We would, we would play these games. Like you'd get this terrible half cake, only in England, white bread. Bread can be pretty healthy, right? I mean, if you get the right stuff, like with all the grains and the, the, the pumpernickel, the stuff that's like frozen Guinness and bilge water put together. I mean, that'll clean you out, man. Like the pumpernickel and stuff, right? But, you know, England has this... Wonder Bread. It's like basically it's like congealed mayonnaise with air holes blown in it that will harden in your belly for about 16 years straight. And my friends and I, we would we'd have this game in this game because they'd give us all the bread we wanted and this sloppy margarine. And so what we would do is we'd have eating contests, like how many slices of bread can you eat? Because we were pretty hungry. There was a, again it's a real food shortage. We couldn't get any meat, and there was a water shortage as well. So you always had to make the choice that, you know, you'd come in from playing rugby or soccer or whatever, you'd be desperately thirsty, but you'd only be able to get two cups of water or maybe one and a half. Like you'd get one cup of water with dinner, not much. And then you either gulp that down and then line up to try and get another one. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Or you just say, okay, I'm going to sip this and just savor it. And it's always that choice. So we would have these little, these big contests of eating bread, right? And I (laughs) did something that was both very smart and very stupid, which is philosophy as a whole sometimes. So what I did was, um, I figured out that if I rolled up all of this bread, like really hard, and then slathered it in butter, you could just swallow it. And I remember six or seven slices of bread going down that way, and everyone else was kind of gnashing and chewing, and I was just like rolling it up, squishing it, and popping it down. Then, of course, I was super thirsty, and I drank the water. And what happens to seven slices of bread in a six-year-old's belly when it hits water and it expands? Uh, basically, I was John Hurt before his time, and I almost gave birth to a... Uh, Pillsbury dough by monster out of my fucking armpit. So yeah, it was pretty unpleasant. 
pretty unpleasant. That was uh, one of the first times where I really understood what giving birth is like, um, but without the actual baby, just with uh, a near-carb death experience. So, yeah, my friend Stephen told me everything there is to know about getting resources through lying. They're fish eggs, man. You don't want that. It's disgusting. And, of course, it was about as gross a thing as I could imagine. So you get resources by lying. I'm sure he became a reporter. All right. Fish eggs are delicious. Oh, Stephen, you're still, you're still watching? <laughs> you're still watching. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Those aren't fish eggs. They're horsey wormers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's so nice. So Stephen, if you are still watching, if there are still watching, you owe me about 90 to 100 tapioca puddings. Just so you know. Just so you know. Uh, it's your life, man. You've got to have your conscience. You've got to have your conscience. All right. Any other comments or questions or issues? Happy to hear. Just doing a little wee short one tonight. Ah, look at that. A new story for some of you. It's, not, it's like we're in, like like you and me, like as an audience and a, a chatty guy. It's like we're like this old married couple. I'm like, have I told this story before? And every time uh, we have champagne in the house, which we rarely drink, but when we do drink it, it's because I've told a story my wife hasn't heard before. And she's like, dear God, dear God. Stefan has been channeling his inner Socrates lately. Well, hopefully not just lately. First live stream I've made it to. When does Stefan usually stream? So you can catch me regularly 7 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, of course, Wednesday and Friday. Other times, it's catch as catch can. Would you ever think about doing three-day philosophical re retreats post-COVID? I would love to. I absolutely love to do stuff live, love to do stuff in person, love to meet you all. The problem is bomb threats and death threats um, and post-COVID. Um, if you think there is such a thing as post-COVID, I, uh, I, I appreciate your optimism. Thank you for your answer to my earlier question. I'm going to start loving my brother. No, I think that's great. Look, love, love is so important. And, and everyone is like, oh, love is support and tenderness and hugs. And like, oh, that's all fine. But no, love is keeping, it's throwing yourself between the people you love and the errors that will destroy them. When people get filled with errors, they cease to exist. Whoa. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I just propped this down. I dumped dumb, there's my ceiling. <laughs> I just, you know, I got the camera here. So, yeah, when, when people get filled with lies, they cease to exist. They become houses of cards propped up by the illusions of others. And uh, they become what are called NPCs, right? You don't want, that's a fate worse than death in many ways. So please don't let people get into that, right? I can't believe this is going to be the new normal. Surely people will rebel. Well, the, the purpose of mass immigration was to bring in a more compliant population. White people don't like uh, totalitarianism. So, How is your mom able to scare... What? Are you talking to me? Oh, <laughs> it's my little, it's my little uh, Mean Streets moment. Are you talking to me? No, not Mean Streets. Taxi driver. Oh, someone else. Okay. 
All right, well, listen, I'll, I'll stop here, because uh, I guess you're all chatting to each other. And so, yeah, have yourself a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for dropping by tonight. Thank you so much for supporting me on this platform. I hope that you are enjoying your evening and love you guys so much. And listen, please, 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 always, 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 always tell me if there's anything I can do better, anything I can do differently, anything that would make your experience of philosophy and what it is that I do, anything that I can do that's better, I would love to hear from you. You can just email me. You can leave it here at freedomain.locals.com. You can email me at operations at freedomain.com or host at freedomain.com. And uh, I will do my level best to, to satisfy you. And if there's things that I can do to improve anything and, and everything is on the table, I'm absolutely happy to hear as long as it doesn't mean doing a huge amount of politics again. All right. So, yeah. And look, if there's anything that, that oh, can you provide a list of books of philosophers? Yes, I will get to that at, uh, at some point. If your family is brainwashed by the COVID hysteria, should you limit interactions with them? Um, well, look, if it's constant conflicts, right? If it's constant conflict, the relationship's going to end because we just can't stand it, right? I mean, now you might still hang around and keep fighting, but there's no relationship anymore, right? My suggestion is if people are really hysterical about the COVID stuff and you can't get through to them with reason and evidence, then um, just um, take a break from the topic. You may even take a break from the relationship because look, Time will tell. Time will tell. For me, just my, this is my, own, my own personal opinion, right? So there are a lot of people who say the vaccines are dangerous, a lot of people who say the vaccines are safe. I can't judge the claims. I'm not a scientist. I can't judge the claims. I can't. So, but, but people's predictions do have to start coming true at some point, right? So if the people who say it's dangerous, okay, so let's say next spring, right? So next spring, what have we got? December, you know, 15, 16 months, right? So 15 or 16 months of people being vaccinated, is there a danger? And people could say, ah, yes, but in 10 years, well, the problem is, of course, you can say that about just about anything, right? So I think because people have made predictions about the dangers of the vaccines that will, um, the, the first winter where there's a lot of people vaccinated, people have made a lot of claims about, oh, they're going to encounter coronaviruses in their natural state and there's going to be uh, ADE, there's going to be cytokine storms, there's going to be all these problems and blood clots and, and, and all. So people have made all these predictions and I can't evaluate them because I'm not a doctor. But I can evaluate mortality. I can evaluate healthcare consumption and so on. So over the course of the winter, keep your eyes, for me, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. At some point, I got to make a decision right? I mean, I've been vaccinated by a whole bunch of things. I know that there's arguments that they're not vaccines, this, that, and the other, right? So at some point, either the vaccines are safe or the vaccines are not. And it's, I, I'm not telling you when you should make any of these decisions. I can't possibly give you any medical advice. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Every make your own decisions. But I'll just tell you my particular decision matrix is keep a close eye. I'm going to keep a close eye on things over the winter and evaluate people's predictions versus what actually happens. Now, if the vaccines are safe, I'm going to shout out a hearty fuck you to all the fear mongers, right? Like, fuck y'all for, for scaring the shit out of people about fear mongering about the vaccines. Like, if you're wrong, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Because 
you've caused a lot of damage in society by scaring the shit out of people about stuff that turns out to be relatively safe. I know they're not perfectly safe. All medicines have their issues and so on, right? So fuck you to them. Uh, on the other hand, if they're right, then they've saved a lot of people. They've helped a lot of people stay healthy. And for me, you know, when we're starting to talk about 15, 16 months, certainly by next summer, then we've got 18 months worth of data plus a couple of months of testing beforehand. You know, we're starting to get in... 20, 21 months or whatever. Okay, so if there isn't this mass health issues and so on, then that's something to be aware of, right? So it's not forever, right? The, 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 where we are right now, if you're, if you have concerns about the vaccine, where we are now is in the information gathering phase. And you can say, no, 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 I'm part of the control group. And, and October t next year is when the, the trials for a lot of places are going to end for these things. And then there's time to evaluate, right? There's time to evaluate. So it's not forever. Like, it's not, it's, this, this doesn't go on forever because they're either safe or they're not. Now, again, I know that it's, you know, probably not going to be quite as decisive as that, but that's my particular approach to it, which it doesn't necessarily translate to anyone else whatsoever. I'm just telling you my particular exposure to that. Could it take five to ten years to see effects? Sure. Absolutely. It absolutely could, I suppose, right? But... You know, wouldn't that be the case for just about anything that could possibly be taken, even stuff that has been gone through the whole approval process, right? That could have been the case for um, smallpox vaccines. It could have been the case for polio vaccines. It could be the case for whatever, right? But do you have... Uh, oh, and of course, the other thing, too, is that if they keep requiring... What is it? Israel now is uh, preparing for the fourth booster shot because they say that after six months after your last shot, if you don't have a new booster shot, you are no longer considered vaccinated. So, okay, now we have a uh, fourth shot. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. What does that mean, right? I mean, as you know, the vaccines were developed to work against a variant of, well, the original, uh, the, the, uh, the beta of uh, COVID, which isn't really around anymore, so... All right. My mom keeps asking me to get the shot, and I say no. Then if she persists, I mention a few key points, and she drops it. She has no argument. Yeah, could be. All right. What is Steph streaming on? This seems pretty rough. Oh, I'm just... My iPad has the best microphone without me having to attach anything, so I'm just holding up an iPad. And also, I want to be able to read the comments, so I'm just dumb on an iPad. And um, much though I love freedomain.locals.com, it is not the most ideal. Oh, also, I wanted to mention that if you're on unauthorized.tv or you want to join, I'm dropping the price by half from 10 bucks to 5 bucks uh, a month. And uh, you can get some of the stuff. Some stuff goes up here, some stuff goes up there, and uh, some of the stuff that goes up there is exclusive to there, so... Inventor of the PCR test said you can find anything with these tests, so the vax thing may never end. Yeah, again, I can't evaluate all these things, but I think the guy who invents the PCR test has probably got a pretty good and solid understanding of it. And so they say that if you have an active infection, you can only multiply six, spin it up six times and make multiply it six times because you can't find anything with a PCR test. You have to amplify it. And I think that the amplifications are going plus 35 times, 40 times, which is like trillions of times amplified. And they may be just finding detritus of old colds that you've had or a flu that you had six months ago or whatever. So, I mean, it is pretty obvious that the flu has completely vanished and that seems kind of, kind of unusual. So, all right. Variants have a much higher risk if you don't have natural immunity. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right.
Uh, I'd love to get an antibody test if I could find whether you have to get one. Yeah, you'd think that'd be kind of important, right? You know, because if you have antibodies, you should be on lower priority for vaccines if you need it at all. But of course, they don't care about that, right? No, not any money in, no, no money in power in natural immunity, right? Hey, Steph, they're going after BitChute now and censoring, censorship is slowly creeping in. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, kind of inevitable. We're going to have to stay nimble at the foot of these dinosaurs or whatever, right? So, all right. Thanks, everyone. I love you to death so much. I really, really appreciate the uh, drop by tonight. I hope you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> dropping this thing down so you can see up my nose. What an exciting view. All right. Have a great evening and uh, I will see you guys Wednesday night for sure. Uh, appreciate you dropping by. Such a great pleasure to chat with you. Have a delightful, delightful evening. Lots of love from up here. I'll talk to you soon.